everyone. My name is Marielle, and I am the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. Hi, everyone. Do you compare East Coast versus West Coast? Tupac versus Biggie? Do you also compare Chicago versus New York City pizza? I am delighted to have someone who is an expert in pizza and does pizza tours in Chicago to showcase all of the best pizza places Chicago has to offer to you, the tourist and the traveler. Meet John, who is the founder of Chicago Pizza Tours, where he has had the opportunity to judge U.S. pizza championships and has been part of the pizza-related books along with TV specials. So you know you are in good hands with someone who knows a good slice of pizza. Welcome, John. Did I miss anything? Oh, no, that is perfect. Thank you for that wonderful intro. And can I say, as somebody that grew up in the 90s with the Tupac versus Biggie rival, I really appreciate that intro right there. (laughs) Well, of course, I'm so excited to introduce you. I think what you offer is fantastic. And yes, everyone's going to have this Tupac-Biggie debate till the end of time. So I know people also debate New York City and Chicago pizza as well, which we will get into on today's episode But I want to start off with your background, John. I'd love to know other jobs you've had, other places you've lived prior to Chicago Pizza Tours, just to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea about what you are and who you are. Oh, okay. You know, let's start with, uh, you know, places I've lived, because that one's going to be pretty easy to knock out. I've lived in the Chicagoland area my whole life, except for, you know, about four years that I spent in college. And even then, I didn't leave the state. I went to eastern Illinois. So I have I've spent my entire life living in Illinois. Uh, and the bulk of that is just outside of Chicago or inside the city limits. So that's where I've lived. For as far as my career has gone, I've basically had two different careers. When I first got out of college uh, in the year, like it was right around the end of 1999, early 2000, I went to work for a family business that my dad was starting. He was an entrepreneur and he'd been in this business for years, but finally had the opportunity to do this for himself. And we were in the promotional products industry. And I I sort of started from the ground up there. Anything that you put a logo on, whether it be a a baseball hat, a a T-shirt, pen, stuff like that. I really got to work from the ground up there and started at just, you know, as his assistant and filing things away and and, uh, teaching him a little bit about, you know, email and all that uh, as he was doing that. And then, you know, became a salesman as well for that. And uh, I had a good run with that for about uh, nine years or so and uh, had some great accounts and everything. But what really kind of forced me out of that industry was around 2008, there was the the housing market crisis. It was like a, a basically a, a mini recession that, that sort of hit. And a lot of companies had to really scale back with what I was you know, selling. So I had these great customers. I had these great relationships. But when it came time to order, you know, around 2008, 2009, they just they didn't have the budgets for it. And, and it was something that I understood, you know, you're not going to order a hundred dozen golf balls with your logo on it if you just laid off, you know, half the marketing department. So it was around that time that, uh, you know, I started to sort of look and see, you know, what can I do? How can I pivot and, and figure something else out? You know, because this was a commission-based job. And it, my wife and I had just welcomed in our first child. It was, uh, you know, a baby boy in, in March of, uh, of 2009. And I was trying to make things work. I ended up taking a job teaching tennis for the city of Chicago. And uh, that was just to kind of get some immediate money. And that whole summer, I sort of worked on if I was going to run a pizza tour, 
how exactly would it run? And, you know, what would I be, you know, what stops would I be visiting? What would I talk about? All that. So I really spent like that summer and into that fall. I had already purchased the website for chicagopizzatours.com and several others that kind of sounded similar. And by January of 2010, we officially incorporated, got all of our legal paperwork done, incorporated. And shortly after that, we were off and running. I mean, I literally bought a bus. My wife and I built a website out of a Yahoo template, found a reservation system that would take us as a startup. And then the next thing you know, it's like I put something out there and it was like, okay, who's going to buy tickets here for this? And it really was a different time. Like, because if you think about, if you look at it through the lens of today, if you look at it through 2022, you're like, oh, well, a Chicago pizza tour. People are looking for that. But in 2010, it, it just food tours weren't a huge part of all these cities. There, there wasn't a whole lot you know, offered and people weren't exactly looking for for that. So it really was like a, a slow start. Not, and I don't want to say too slow, but like, you know, it was like a snowball basically rolling down a hill. We'd pick up two here, four here. Next thing you I know, think that it's takes eight. time though, right? First of all, I want to unpack your story because it's amazing how you were able to have the entrepreneurial mindset to shift, right? When things were going sour, you made something sweet and you found a way, right? I guess one of the questions I have is why a pizza tour, right? You could have done a walking tour of history, right? You could have done any type of tour, right? Maybe a different just general food tour. Why specifically a Chicago pizza tour? Well, I mean, and that's a great question. That is just because it's literally who I am. And, I, and I'm not saying that to be like cheesy, no, no pun there. <laughs> but, uh, but literally, I'm a kid that grew up in the Chicagoland area that came from an Italian family. And like some of my earliest family memories of with, with my, you know, cousins and stuff where we'd go to these little, you know, and I'm going to say this time, little mobbed up uh, lounges in Melrose Park where my dad was from. And, you know, the parents would, would drink wine and, and catch up, you know, on the week. And me and my cousins would be sitting at these red and white checkered tablecloth, you know, tables with the candles on them, burning the straws from our kitty cocktails. And the parents are just sending us pie after pie to keep us occupied. <laughs> And, and, you know, it's so, so there's that are some of my earliest memories of, of pizza. And then even like my the group of friends that I grew up with throughout grade school and high school, you know, we were just always pizza guys, right? Like after the Little League game, we weren't asking our parents to take us for ice cream cones or anything like that. We were looking to go get different pizzas and we were always trying different places. There were, you know, like 20 some pizzerias in the, in the small town that I grew up in. And, and there was just a always this this like urge to explore um, and even you know i joke like those friends that i had all throughout grade school high school we all went to separate colleges like i like i mentioned earlier that i went to eastern illinois um, you know they went to colleges in michigan or depaul or and all that but when we all got done with college we, we moved in together again on the north side of chicago and i had had to make all new friends at, at eastern illinois because i didn't you know nobody I, I knew went there so i had those college friends and they would come and stay with me because i had a place on the north side and they would you know stay the weekend we'd go to a baseball game or two but i would usually drag them to like three or four pizzerias over the course of that weekend <laughs> that's not a bad thing i want to preface uh -huh. it that because yeah. pizza is such a staple i feel i know of course people argue that it comes from italy but which 
I think it does. So don't quote me. I'm not a historian on this, but pizza is always a good staple, right? It's that food that really brings people together. It's easy. It's quick, but it's not fast food quick. It just tastes really good. There's just so many good things about pizza that just warms your heart, right? Really, it just warms your soul when you talk about pizza. And I know coming outside of New York, pizza is such a staple, right? It's pizza and bagels and then I suppose some ice cream places, but just the food diversity. But pizza is always top of mind. So I love that pizza, to me, it sounds like pizza has run through your whole life. So naturally, it makes sense to do a pizza tour, which I love that. Yeah, I mean, to add to your point, even too, I would say like, we kind of say, and not in a joking fashion, that, you know, with the group that we're with for the day, we, we let them know that we're, we're here. It's not not a tour. We're a pizza support group. We're going to talk about all these great things, you know, surrounded by pizza. But we are literally breaking bread together. So you've got all these different people coming together from different areas of the country or maybe even the world. And over the course of three hours or so, we're going to learn about pizza, but we're literally going to eat it together. And there's really a connection thing that goes on there. So a hundred percent. It's an experience, right? It's an experience of trying something new for the first time. And it's not that you're trying pizza for the first time new, which I'm sure for many listeners, I'm sure you've had pizza or maybe you are curious to try it, but it's the experience of trying a new slice of pizza at a new place. So I'm really excited to unpack your tour. So are you, I've looked through your website. It's a great website. I know you said you used Yahoo many years ago. I'm sure you've gone through (laughs) reiterations of it since. But you offer quite a few uh, Chicago pizza tours. Can you break down just an average of how they work, how long they are, how many stops you go to, just to give listeners a little bit of an idea of what they expect in a Chicago pizza tour? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll start by saying that, you know, over the years, we've partnered together with about 25 different pizzerias. And on any given tour, most of the time you're going to visit four of those. So, you know, we can't make promises that these are going to be the places you stop at on either one. But so the first tour that we started out, you know, when I was first starting the company was what we called the original Chicago pizza tour, simply named for what it was. It, It was the first one. And that tour was a, at the time I always wanted to do a bus driven tour. Because if you know much about like the pizza landscape in Chicago, and I'm speaking from a 2010 reference, because of course that's changed over the years, but from a 2010 reference, it's almost like all of the historical deep dish places that anybody would visit when coming to Chicago were located in the downtown area. And the downtown area really consists of a few different neighborhoods, like the Loop, River North. Would you say it's far to walk to each place? Because I'm used to New York where you can kind of walk or take a subway, even Uber. But would you argue that with the places you go in Chicago, you need a bus because you're going from here to there and it's really far and you want to get as much in as you can? So, I mean, yes and no. So uh, basically the concentration of those historical deep dish places are in that downtown area. We could walk to those. But I always wanted to do sort of a, and I'm putting this in air quotes here, a, an authentic, real Chicago pizza tour where, sure, you know, let's take you to one of those historical places and talk about the history because it's what Chicago's known for. But as soon as we've eaten that slice of pizza, I want to pick you up in the bus and bring you out to the neighborhoods where the locals eat. You know, it's believe it or not, Chicago is known as like the deep dish capital of the world. And that's true. But for the most part, the locals really only eat it on special occasion or where people from out of town are visiting us. What we typically grew up on is what's called a thin crust tavern style pizza. It makes up more than 80 percent of the pizzerias in the Chicagoland area. So my whole intention was let's start with a historical place in a central location, talk about all that history. And then from there. 
let's get out of the downtown area and let's go see a side of Chicago that you probably weren't going to experience. If you went to your hotel and asked your concierge, where should I go get pizza? So that was kind of like the mindset back then in, in 2010. And that tour, I mean, we've been running it now for more than 12 years and it is still our, by far our most popular tour. And that's really one of my favorite ones to do. But then to kind of like to your point, you know, the landscape of pizza sort of changes as more places open up in the Chicagoland area and in closer to those downtown areas, we were able to really build a walking tour that also offered a diverse range of slices and styles that we could do in a short walk. Like it's about a mile uh, in total walk that you break up with three different stops after your first place. So we were able to add that as well. That's what we're referring to right now on the website is our Big Shoulders Downtown Pizza Tour. And that one was, we'd had versions of it in the past. I think the first time I started running a walking pizza tour was back in maybe 2015 or 2016. But Due to COVID, you know, in, in March of 2020, we kind of shut down and we were really closed for more than a year, like 15 months or so. And I knew that when we were going to reemerge from, from COVID, that we were going to have to put an emphasis more on, on our walking tours, especially during the week. And I wanted to offer better versions of those. So I had a whole bunch of time to figure out if I was going to do a walking tour post-COVID, how would I visit? What places would I visit? What would be like the theme? Why are we actually doing this walking tour? I love that you said that, by the way. And I just want to cut you off for a second because a lot of times, you know, interviewing a bunch of tour guides, right? I have so many different types of listeners listening to this. Um, and some of the audience is tour guides. And a lot of them throughout COVID, I felt you really reflected, right? And thought about why you're doing your business how can you make it better? And the fact that you were able to shift your business in a good way, right? It's still Chicago pizza tours, but you're doing it in a way that makes people feel safe, that makes people feel comfortable, but you still can offer that great local authentic experience that is true to your brand and who you are. So I really love that you said that. I think a lot of people have felt that way, just in general, a part of life, right? Reflecting on things that matter. But the fact that you were able to bring it to your business, I just, I really love that you said that. And one of the things I love that you debunked, by the way, is the fact that 80% of Chicago people eat that thin, you know, pizza. Because a lot of times, right, maybe I'm biased to this, never going to Chicago, but you naturally think everybody's getting that deep dish pizza. So (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love that you debunk that. Why do you think more people like a thin slice pizza versus this deep dish type of pizza, you know? As a Chicago person, and I'm going to say a pizza expert, there's obvious differences. But why do you think people veer toward the thin versus the deep dish? I mean, it was always our pizza growing up. You know, to be honest, I don't think I had my first slice of deep dish until I was maybe seven or eight years old. And that was at a birthday party where we went down to see a Second City performance and then went to Uno's afterwards. And then I don't know if I had it again until I was like a teenager, you know, 13, 14 years old or so. Yeah, the way the pizza, like when we look at pizza from a historical sense, and like you alluded to, the, the Italians sort of created pizza. What I say on some of my tours too is like, you know, chances are every single culture had some form of flatbread that was topped with olive oil and salt. It wasn't really until, you know, the 19th century Italy where it starts to turn into what we recognize today as modern day pizza. So that's kind of how it comes about. And even some of my Italian guys that cook at some of these Italian restaurants, they like to joke, you know, the Italians, they merely improve on stuff. They don't invent them. So um, 
<laughs> I've heard this before, actually. I've read some things about the history of pizza, and it's very interesting. I think there's a lot of, I don't want to say myths, but almost myths, right, and ideas of who created it, right? It's almost like who created pasta. I think that's always a question, too. So <laughs> I love that you mentioned that because I, I find that very fascinating. Another question I have about your tours how many slices of pizza are you actually eating on this? Which, listen, I could probably eat a pie on my own, which is really terrible to admit. I don't do it, obviously. But how many slices on average do you eat on each of your tours? We like to say that uh, you get a serving of pizza at each place that you go to. And for that reason, you know, I can't give you a number of slices, but it ends up being a lot. So if you were to, to break it down as a typical New York style slice, I would say at least four. On every wow. Tour. And the reason for that too is, is, is we're talking about, you know, Chicago being that thin crust town. When we go to those thin crust places, think of a, a thin crust, much thinner than New York style pizza, circular pizza that is then cut into 20 square slices. Wait, <laughs> hold yes. on a second. You take a circle pizza. Is Are they circle or are they square? They're circle. So you take a, hold on, I want to wrap my head around this as a New Yorker. This is very different. You take a circle pizza, right? As a New Yorkers, you cut it in eight slices, right? Eight triangle slices. Right. You're telling me in Chicago, you take that circle pizza and you somehow make 20 squares of this? This is, all right, so this is perfect because this kind of alludes to the question that you previously asked as we were getting to this here. So the, the reason that we grew up on thin crust pizza is because, so if we follow the, the lines of Italian immigration, you know, they mostly immigrate to North America, South America. So you can find great pizza in places like Brazil and Argentina, but they, they mostly come through Ellis Island, end up in places like New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Scranton, New Haven, but they sort of make their way to Chicago as well. And pizza just becomes sort of like, it's not a business for prior to World War II, really. It's sort of something that's there at the bakery. But post-World War II, you've got these returning GIs that have had a, a taste of pizza, and now they're looking for this product, and people realize that they can start making money off of it. Well, you've got the taverns on the south side of Chicago, where it's more of working class neighborhoods. And what they're doing is they've got the three P's, right? The peanuts, the pretzels, the popcorn. Those are your salty snacks. That kind I of like that. There. Yeah. <laughs> well, they start to add pizza to it post-World War II because they actually now want to give them a little bit more salt to keep them drinking. But they also want to feed them so that when they get off their shift at four o'clock from their working class job and they come to their, their local old style bar, they start drinking some beers. They can keep them there till like eight o'clock if they feed them for free as well. So what these guys did, these weren't Italian bread bakers, these were tavern owners. And they basically engineered this cracker crust, cracker thin, thin crust pizza, but they didn't have plates, silverware, stuff like that. They would set these pizzas out on the bar for free. And what they would do is they would just chop them up into squares. So it, was, it had to be the size that could fit on a cocktail napkin. That is basically how the thin crust pizza in Chicago kind of starts. And you can find examples of, of that tavern style pizza all throughout the Midwest. It's super popular in Chicago. You can find it in Indiana, Michigan, wow. Ohio. St. Louis even has their own version of it with their Provel cheese, which is, you know, kind of weird if you've never had it before. If you're from St. Louis, you'll love it. But if you if you're trying it for the first time, you're like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting, though. I First of all, I love that I can learn something new, and I'm sure listeners listening to this have learned so much because I would have never— in a million years thought to make a circle pizza into square pieces, so that's very interesting, and that's a good way to understand servings too, right? I think— 
you know, talking about about four slices, you're really trying a little bit of everything too. So I love that. I want to get into, I know this is going to be a very, very hard question for you to answer. I know this, but you, I got to know like the top three to five, and I'm going to say hidden gem pizza places in Chicago, right? I think a lot of people can look up the touristy quote unquote spots, but I'd love to know from your perspective, if talking about local, authentic, real pizza experiences in Chicago, do you have three to five that you think are worth having people go to and check out for themselves? I mean, oh my gosh, like that, that list, like you said, it's a very hard question because the list is huge. There really are. And the reason for that is there are so many pizzerias. So there is this level of competition in order to stand out. You've got to be doing something special. You know, there's price can only get you so far. So again, it's a really tough question. Surprisingly, I'm going to throw out no deep dish place. Well, no, maybe I'll do one deep dish in this. So You'll have to I, do one. That's what Chicago is <laughs> known for, right? I think it, yeah. if you do one deep dish and maybe two to three max of thin crust pizza for people to check out, right? These could be part of your tour. Maybe it's just places you enjoy, but just any different place that you think is worth noting. Right. So if I'm going to recommend a deep dish place that is a little bit off the beaten path, not a popular name with historical significance to the deep dish pizza, one of the, you know, the smaller type companies, I really love a place called Bartoli's. They have two locations. They opened up their second location during COVID, which was, you know, kind of gutsy, but it's paying off right now. But just these small sort of, I would describe the restaurant as more of a pizza shop, right? Like they're basically set up for delivery more than anything, but there's a little bit of dine-in as well. And Bartoli's is owned by this guy named Brian Tondrick. He is the grandson of Fred Bartoli, who is one of the original founders of Gino's East. And, and Gino's East is basically the second deep dish pizzeria to kind of come about back in 1966, really the first competitor of both Uno's and Due's. So his pizza, I remember having it in 2013. And when I tasted it, it reminded me of, of going to the original Gino's East as a high schooler. The the flavors, everything, it was just, it was so good. And it's um it's so different than a deep dish pizza from like a Lumelnati's or a Paisano's. And it really is, I would say that's a hidden gem with two locations in Chicago that are in more neighborhoods. He's got one in Westtown and he's also got one in, I guess this would be considered uh, Wrigleyville, but uh, officially it's Lakeview is the area there. So it's kind of close to Wrigley Field there. So that would be my vote for a, a deep dish gem that's kind of off the beaten path a little bit. I really like a place called Coal Fire in the Westtown neighborhood. Actually, he's got two locations as well. So he's got one in Westtown. He's got one in uh, in Lakeview as well. And uh, Coal Fire was one of the original pizzerias to come into Chicago and just do something completely different than what was already being done. He was doing like this coal oven, East Coast inspired style pizza but it really kind of blended well with like Chicago toppings and stuff. So Cold Fire has been it's just a real strong partner of ours since we first started. They're actually the very first place I called when I, when I was sure that I was going to be doing this pizza tour because I love the location of it. I love that it was far from the downtown area and I, the pizza was just absolutely dynamite. So Cold Fire, definitely a hidden gem that you got to visit. And then as far as like true tavern style thin crust pizza for Chicago, I'm going to give you two locations and just because one might be you know so difficult to get to if you're visiting Chicago that it, it's not you know really viable but if you do fly into Midway I always recommend Vito and Nick's on the south side it's at 84th and Pulaski it's 
been in business. The significant thing about Vito and Nick's is they opened as, as a tavern in 1920. And the funniest part about that is literally the year that Prohibition goes into effect. Is, so they opened as a tavern. Great timing. The goes into effect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they added the pizza in 1945. And it's a, a thin crust real crispy, a little bit of sourness to the dough, which makes the sauce and the sausage on the pizza and the, the melted cheese taste so good. They cut them up into the tiniest squares. So like a large pizza is probably 24 little squares of pizza. And you just... I still can't get over this, by the way. As a New Yorker, I'm still not like visioning this, but I know for many of us, we'll be we will be Googling, right, these square pizzas because I'm very fascinated, but go on. <laughs> just just check out my Instagram feed. It's full of uh, thin crust pizzas from Chicago. You'll be like, wow, I can't even believe that that's how they cut it. But yeah, I mean, it's really just, you know, snacking pizza. And the thing about it is you have no idea how many, you know, quote unquote slices you've had. You just keep popping these squares in your mouth one after another and it tastes so good. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, so dangerous. I wouldn't stop. It would be like you know, eating like cake or something or ice cream. Like you just can't stop when it's so good. And if it's little, right, you just, oh, another one. Oh, I'll have another one. I can give a good analogy. It would be like, you know, when uh, you're younger and and you went trick-or-treating for Halloween and you've got all these little mini pieces of candy. (laughs) And like nowadays, there's no way I would just eat an entire Snicker bar and a Kit Kat. But if I have just like 10 of these minis, I'm eating the equivalent of that. I just don't realize it as I'm doing it. Of course not. Of course not. And I actually have another question to ask you because you talked about the pizzas and you made me want to question this. Are there any unique toppings that are specific for Chicago, right? People love to argue this whole idea of pineapples, which I think is crazy, but some people love it. I'd love to know if there's any unique toppings that are specific to Chicago that people absolutely love, love, love and rave about on their pizza. Well, we'll start with pineapple because you brought it up, but uh, (laughs) most Chicago places are not going to put pineapple on your pizza. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. (laughs) You can order it at some places, and if they have it in the back, it's probably just going to be some sort of canned dull pineapple, and they reluctantly (laughs) throw it on there because that's what you ordered, and they they don't want to do a whole thing about it. So um, pineapple (laughs) is just not a focus as a topping in Chicago. One of the things that I always like to say on the tour is that like, while Chicago, well, no, let's put it this way. Across the country, pepperoni is the number one topping and by far. But in Chicago, it's really all about sausage. And, and a lot of places, they like to claim that they make their own in-house, that, that back there in the kitchen, they're doing their own blend of pork and spices. And that's true for uh, many places. But there's so much sausage pizza ordered in Chicago that they don't really have the walk-in space for it or the time to constantly make it. So they, most Chicago pizzerias will outsource their sausage to either a local butcher. If it's a small shop, they'll go to a local butcher and have, you know, give them their recipe and they'll make it for them and deliver it, you know, a couple times a week. Or they'll work with companies like Anakini Brothers, who's been, they started out as a a grocery store in 1925. And sometime around the early 40s, one of the son-in-laws at various end gets the idea to really kind of scrap the whole grocery store business and become the main supplier for cheese and sausage to the best pizzerias. And it's worked out great for them because they've been, you know, in River North for now, like almost 100 years. I was going to say, that's a great business idea, right? Because of all these pizza places. And right, if you're telling me sausage is the topping, then of course, to supply that to the pizza places who don't have the time or the resources to make it, right? That's a great partnership. Or the space to store it too. Yeah. Yeah. Space to store it too. (laughs) I'm sure. That is by far the biggest. Chicago and, and sausage on pizza in Chicago 
is not like sausage on pizza anywhere else. It's just, it's hard to explain. It's a different animal. That's a it's big not, claim. That's a big claim. If you get it outside of Chicago, people are like, you know, I like sausage, but you know, I, I'm a, I like pepperoni more. The reason why is because it's not the Chicago version of sausage. And it's just, it's never sliced. It's always, you know, pinched and, and pushed down onto the pizza. And it's a completely different animal, very garlic forward crushed black pepper. Sometimes it can have fennel in it. It it might not have fennel in it, but typically it's a a leaner sausage and it's just, it's really, really flavorful. So sausage by far the the number one topping in Chicago. Growing up, a lot of people would order what's called the smog, which is uh, S-M-O-G. It stands for sausage, mushroom, onions, and green pepper. And that's like your standard Chicago pizza. And I know, you know, in New York, it's either you get a plain cheese slice or you get maybe just a pepperoni slice or, you know, they, they keep it to a minimum on, on toppings. I, you know, I've seen, obviously there are examples of others, but for the most part, a nice cheese slice is, is exactly what you're looking for when you're in New York and you're walking down the street and want to ditch into a slice shop real quick. Sure. I think Chicago has a bit more flavor in that sense. So I like that you said that. And that's so interesting, right? I love that I'm constantly learning and I'm sure other listeners, if you love sausage on pizza, Chicago's your place, right? I think that's great. I want to ask you another question because you've judged pizza, right? And you've tasted so many slices of pizza. Like I said, I feel you're like a pizza expert. In terms of making a good slice of pizza, having a good slice of pizza, what do you think are the most, I want to word this the right way, ingredients of a pizza that you think are the most important, right? Pizza isn't a lot of ingredients, but some people argue that the cheese is most important. Some people argue the water for the dough is most important. Some people argue that the tomatoes are the most important, right? I'd love to know some of your thoughts around this because everybody has their own ideology of pizza, but I'd love to hear it from you and your thoughts on just a really good slice of pizza and what you feel are the best elements ingredients, you know, anything related to pizza in that sense? Well, I mean, the good news is, is that they're all right. You know, the, all those opinions are, are, are very valid and warranted. I love tomatoes. I love cheese. I love dough. I, I mean, what I'm typically looking for when I'm, I'm judging a pizza and, and want to know if it's re- good or great um, is I'm looking for some a real balance. Can I taste all of the flavors that I'm tasting? Do I get that burst of flavor from the tomatoes at the start of my bite? And then do I finish with a salty bread and the the fat, the butter fat from the cheese? Like it really is all about balance. And in fact, to your point, you know, when I'm trying out a new pizzeria for the first time, instead of ordering a sausage pizza or something that would be typical of share, I typically start with just a cheese pizza. If that pizza maker can make me a great cheese pizza, then I already know that I'm going to like, you know, whatever we can kind of construct together, whether it's, you know, a red pepper, garlic sausage pizza or something like that. So for me, it really is all about balance. And there are different ways that different slices should taste. If you're having this, you know, an Italian pizza, you should really be able to taste that um, those deep flavors in the tomatoes. If it's if it's going to be an Italian tomato that's very rich and acidic in flavor, you should be able to, that should really shine through. And then as you finish with that real white bread doughy doughiness to the end of it. But if you're tasting like an American pizza, you you, know, you probably want something with tomatoes that come from like Central Valley, California, where the thicker, fleshier skinned tomato and ultimately a sweeter tomato than the Italian ones. So now you've got a sweet sauce, American style pizza, and maybe that cheese. You're making me hungry. (laughs) 
I think the way you've explained it too, just about the balance of pizza, right? I think a lot of times some people just really love tomato sauce or some people really love heavy on the cheese. But to your point, pizza is that perfect balance. And there's a reason why pizza is so popular. Like you want a little bit of everything. Like when I take a slice, you know, a bite out of a slice of pizza, like I want to taste the cheese. I want to taste it melted in the sauce. I want that sauce on the dough, right? And the crust, like, like having all that combination really, I think, is probably one of the most important things. So I love that you said that. And I have two other questions before we kind of slowly wrap up. I want to talk about the future of pizza, which I know sounds really silly in hindsight, but, you know, Chicago has clearly made deep dish pizza. Thin sliced pizza, I don't think that's going anywhere. Clearly, if they're square, that's very interesting. Do you think there's any more future or iterations of pizza that you think could be more mainstream that aren't, right? I think of like pizza bites. I think of pizza bagels. Is there anything else that you think is a really good pizza idea that you think could grow or be something? Or do you think the way pizza is now should just stay the way that it is? It's always changing, right? It's an immigrant food. And, you know, when it, just to even take an example of when the Italians come to Chicago, they didn't bring their ingredients, they didn't bring their ovens, you know, they had their techniques, but it changes everywhere it goes. You know, it's like almost every country in the world has some form of pizza on the menu of restaurants, you know, but in each place that it is, it's slightly different. So it is an ever evolving, changing, you know, changing food, basically. I don't know. It's the closest thing we have to a, you know, a worldwide food, right? But it is different everywhere you go. Like you just say, New York, Chicago, totally different. There are so many regional styles of pizza. And one of the great things about the Chicago landscape of pizza is that, well, we have our own styles, but the, the tavern style, the deep dish and the stuffed, we are also very accepting of other styles. So places like, you know, Robert's Pizza, which is a you know, basically like a, an artisan inspired pizza. They have a place here in Chicago and, you know, they're one of the more popular pizzerias in the summertime, you know, right out there on the lake, everything. It, it's just Chicago's very accepting of different styles. So the more, you know, we're getting like Detroit style, we're getting tons of Detroit style pizza, which is a square thick based pizza. We're getting Sicilian grandma style. We've got plenty of different Italian styles with Neapolitan and, and other wood fires. I just think that it's really cool that that um, you know our city is has our own roots and our in our own three main styles, but we're also very accepting of other styles. As far as like pizza bagels and pizza bites and stuff like that goes, you know I'm not really sure where the, where the future of that is, but but I would say like in the immediate future, I'm seeing more of different styles around the world starting to pop up, you know, in Chicago. And I think that's really cool that we can, you know, get a good New Haven style slice at, at Peace Pizzeria. They've been there since 2001. And it's like, wow, I, I can't believe that. I don't even have to go to New Haven, which is this very specific style of pizza to get that pizza. I can just go to Bucktown in Chicago and get it at Peace Pizza. So as far as Chicago is concerned, that's where I see the future of pizza around here is that we're, you know, going to keep doing more of established regional slices in the city. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's such a good perspective on pizza, right? I think pizza is one of those worldwide universal things that people love, right, when it comes to food. But there's so many different ways to create it and reiterate it to make it something really fun and unique and just obviously delicious. And my last question before we slowly wrap up, and it's a question I love to ask at the end of every episode, is how do you want people to feel after they experience any one of your tours? 
I'm assuming very full and very satisfied and happy, but if you have any other words or thoughts around that, I'd love to know and hear from you. Sure. I mean, the part of, of me that makes me smile to that question is, is you know, when we're heading back to the, the starting location to drop them back off is they're very tired and very full. They've been eating pizza all day. And it, <laughs> it's kind of funny for that. But, but honestly, I want them to feel like they've had this entire Chicago experience. They, when they, you know, I try to convey as much as I can through the website about what it's going to be. But, you know, oftentimes people will show up thinking, okay, we're here today. We're going to try four really good pizza slices at different places that I maybe not, maybe didn't realize, you know, were around. But the way we relate them all together and the way we tell the story of these restaurants and the history of the style and why this one tastes this way and why this one tastes this way and what Chicago's all about. And as it all comes together, there's almost this feeling like like that they went to a class that they really enjoyed and, and they got sort of a crash course in, in Chicago pizza culture, not just history, but the actual culture. You kind of realize what it's like living in Chicago eating the, at these pizzerias and, and what it was like, you know, we're doing sort of a crash course for that in about three, three and a half hours or so. But I really want people to feel like for, for this day, I ate like a local and, and got a real sense of what it's like to, to live as a Chicagoan, you know, going in and out of these places. That's a great message. And I love that you said that because it's, of course, not just eating the pizza, right? Of course, it's delicious, but it's understanding, you know, locals and the culture and what Chicago has to offer. So I think that's a great way to combine all of those things for any tourist or traveler looking to go to Chicago, right? And check out something a little different. So thank you for that. And I always, I hate to wrap these up, right? Who doesn't love to talk about pizza forever and ever and ever? But John, you've been wonderful. So much knowledge about pizza. So many amazing places you brought up today. Your story is impeccable. You know, just again, just talking about pizza is just fun in general. I'm just so honored to have you on. I'd love for you to shamelessly plug away all your social media, your website, and most importantly, how can people book a wonderful tour with you? Awesome. Well, like you said, it is a lot of fun. And thank you again for having me on. So if you want to buy tickets directly, you can go to our website, www.chicagopizzatours.com. Uh, and that is our main website. Our contact information is all on there. We have a Facebook page. We do, but I would say I, I don't really update Facebook as much. I'm more on Instagram. At Chicago Pizza Tours is where you can find me on Instagram. Every now and then I'll make a TikTok, but that'll probably show up on Instagram anyways. But uh, definitely give us a follow on Instagram. You can get a real sense of, I'm not just posting pictures of pizzerias that we work with, posting pictures about what's going on in Chicago, totally pizza-wise. I wish I could go to every single pizzeria, you know, on the tour, but, you know, it's logistically, it doesn't work out. So you can really find out a lot of information about Chicago pizzerias on our Instagram at Chicago Pizza Tours is what the handle is for that. So, and de definitely, you know, feel free, DM me. I try to get back to almost everybody, you know, as I do it. So people have tons of pizza questions and want to know certain things, but, you know, website for, for tickets. And that's again, chicagopizzatours.com and Instagram for drooling pizza pictures is at Chicago Pizza Tours. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you so much, John, again. That, yeah, I'm, I'm sure everyone listening to this is going to immediately buy some type of pizza because I'm hungry and I know I want some too. So thank you so much. That's the goal. Buy, buy it from an independent place that, that's working their butts off to make sure it's great. So thanks so much, Marielle, for having me on this. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined podcast. 
Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about? Whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience? Fill out our form online, on our website, at www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer.